Welcome to the Story Forest, a podcast of original tales for curious and adventurous children. A knock on the front door first thing in the morning brings some very unexpected and rather terrifying visitors. Can the Fenton children manage to look after them and stop everything from going wrong? Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. Strangers. There was a knock on the door and then the doorbell rang too. Mum was in the shower, Dad was shaving, Ella was tangled in some tights, Joel was running around trying to find some clean underwear and Tom was actually still asleep. So it was Jasmine who ran downstairs. She came to the door, still in her dressing gown, and opened it. A gust of cold blew in, and then her mouth dropped open. Outside were a man and a woman, dressed warmly in big coats with hats and scarves and gloves. They were looking a little sheepish and a little worried, and for all the world like normal people who had to knock at someone's door to ask for a favour. But they were not in any way normal people. They were unmistakably, despite their clothes and friendly expressions, the Lord and Lady of the Frost. Jasmine would have slammed the door in their faces as soon as she recovered from the shock, and indeed she was about to do so when there came a voice from behind her. Hello, what's all this? Good morning. Dad had appeared with a rather wonkily shaven face, dabbing at it with a towel. Jasmine was about to say it was nothing and no one, and that Dad shouldn't worry about it when the Lord of the Frost spoke. Except he didn't speak in his terrifying, cruel and evil voice. He spoke like a normal person, telling you that, sorry, they'd picked up your pen by mistake and would you like to swap back? So sorry to disturb you so early, he smiled, and Jasmine thought it looked horrible, like a wolf pretending to be a puppy. Our car broke down. We're considering moving to the area and had come to have a look round. Funny time to come and look round, Dad said, and Jasmine was hopeful for a moment before Dad turned into his friendly self. Come on in and get warm. I'm sure we'll be able to work something out. Out of the way, Jasmine. Come on. Jasmine had been instinctively standing guard so that the Lord and Lady of the Frost could not enter. But now Dad pushed her shoulder and she had no choice but to move. She glared at them. I'm Matt and this is Carrie, the Lord of the Frost said, and they both shook Dad's hands. As their hands met, Jasmine felt like leaping forwards and biting or tearing at the skin, stopping them from coming near her Dad. Of course, she could have told Dad all about it. She could have said, 
These people trapped me and Joel in a cage made of ice and tree last night. That lady put frost in Ella's heart. These people attacked our igloo and they're trying to make winter last for 50 years. Don't let them in to our house. But she knew, as I'm sure you do, of the way that adults have of not believing kids, even when they are saying completely sensible things, and especially if another grown-up disagrees. And she knew this hardly sounded sensible. So Dad was taking their coats and offering them coffee, and Jasmine stood frozen to the spot. She really didn't want to leave them alone with Dad, but she also really wanted to tell the others and read the book and work out what to do. That instinct won in the end. I'll go and get dressed, she said shortly, and then ran and hugged Dad's arm, trying to tell him to be careful and just by how tightly she squeezed. She raced up the stairs grabbed Joel as he came out of his room finally dressed and Ella and stormed into Tom's room. He sat up in bed. They're here, she hissed loudly. They're in our house. Who do you mean? Joel said quickly, but they were all pretty sure that they knew who she meant. The Lord and Lady of the Frost. They're calling themselves Matt and Carrie and they're pretending to be normal people. Dad let them in because they said their car broke down. Joel made a start for the door but Jasmine grabbed his arm. We have to make a plan, she said, and quickly. Ella, what does the book say for today? Ella produced the book from her pocket and opened it to the right page. Opposite the words was a picture of a dark silhouette against the sky. Ella read the words, the next part of the poem which must refer to today. Faces new will come among you to prove the welcome that you give. I really did wonder what that one meant. Tom said from his bed. The others let the words bounce around in their minds for a few moments. To prove the welcome that you give, Jasmine said and screwed up her face. What are we meant to prove? I think we're meant to give them a good welcome, Ella spoke quietly. The thought was just awful. It must be like a test. We've got to pretend to welcome them, to prove that, oh, I don't know, that, that we are warm and welcoming. Unlike the winter, Tom said. We need a plan then. We don't have much time, Joel said, glancing towards the door. I think we just need to stay with them and, and be polite and welcoming and stuff and try to get them away from mum and dad as soon as possible. Agreed, Jasmine said seriously. Maybe one of us should stay with... No, Ella said quickly. We stay together. 
Remember, we need to be together. That's the only way this thing works. Right, Joel said. Come on, Tom, get dressed then. And I hope you've got some underwear left, because I'm wearing some of yours. Couldn't find any clean. Gross! I'll get dressed too, Jasmine said, as Tom bounded out of bed. Ella and Joel waited on the landing until the others were ready, and they all went downstairs. The adults and guests were all talking in the kitchen. Tom could smell coffee. Ella grasped all of their hands and looked at them seriously. Best behaviour, remember? She took a deep breath, then boldly opened the door in front of her and they all walked in. Hello, I'm very sorry to hear about your car. I'm Ella and this is Joel and Jasmine and yes, they're twins and this is Tom. Pleased to meet you, Tom said. If the Lord and Lady of the Frost looked surprised at this, it was nothing to how Mum and Dad looked. I feel like I'm at a palace, Dad said, smiling. Come and have some breakfast, kids. They all sat down around the table and commenced to be extraordinary. They all sat down around the table and commenced to be extraordinarily polite. Jasmine offered their guests her favourite breakfast cereal. Joel spoke solemnly about the weather and Ella told them all the history of the village that she had ever learned at school. It was that which gave Tom an idea. Maybe we could show you around the village after breakfast, if you're hoping to move here. The Lord and Lady of the Frost, who were delicately sipping at coffee, smiled again in their terrible way. Oh, I'm sure, Mum started to say with a frown, but the Lady of the Frost spoke. That would be lovely, a real insider's perspective. What welcoming children you are. I feel almost at home forever, as though I could live here for 50 years. She laughed, and the Lord of the Frost joined in, and so did Mum and Dad, though they looked a little confused. The kids felt a chill, but kept their faces smiling. Great, Ella said, and it was decided. The children finished breakfast, hardly tasting it as they swallowed, and got ready to go out, while Dad called the car mechanic. You're welcome here for lunch too, of course, Mum said with a smile. Kids, get some more bread, would you? And then, finally, they were out of the house. As the door closed behind them, Joel felt as though he wanted to growl at the visitors like a wolf, but instead he forged ahead. This is the edge of the village, Ella said, trying to keep talking so that no one else had to. We like living on the edge. There's a copse of trees just beyond here where we play and... She faltered. In fact, the copse was where the Lord and Lady of the Frost had trapped the twins the night before. We build dams, and one year we built a tree house, Tom joined in hurriedly. 
It's great for playing and for children. There's loads of kids in the village. We built igloos and snowmen around the four corners of the village. How quaint, the Lord of the Frost, or Matt, sounded amused. It was fun, Jasmine said, momentarily forgetting that she hadn't built snowmen at all. Look, down that road is our school, and the other side is where the mechanic is. The spire you can see over the buildings is the church, and in the summer there is a wedding there almost every week. Summer must be quite something in this village, the Lady of the Frost said with a sly grin. We love the summer, Joel dropped back to walk with the others. It's the best. We can play all day and you don't have to wear stupid coats, though sledging was awesome. Let's show them Arley Hill, Jasmine said. We'll go that way and then you can see the whole village. So they trudged through the snow, the kids talking as much as they could about the village, the people who lived in the houses and what happened there throughout the year. Every time someone said good morning to them, the kids were pleased. This was a real village welcome. Finally, they came to the top of Arley Hill. They looked around in all directions and pointed out the landmarks that were visible poking out of the snow. And then their visitors changed. They didn't change their clothes or anything, but suddenly they were taller and colder. You could feel their power coming off them. All good so far. Well done, the Lady of the Frost said. There was no one else here, and when they realised that, the Fenton kids moved closer together. A warm welcome indeed. And you need it. The moment someone is cold towards us, it gives us a window. We can come in and bring the winter. She stretched out her hand and water dripped from it. As it dripped, it turned to ice. We will find a window. We will find the cold. We will find one who is ready to let us in. Oi! Before the Fentons could respond, or even take this in, a shout came from the bottom of the hill. Their friends were just starting to climb it, sledges in hand. Sam Thornton yelled up at them, Sledging! The Fentons turned back to look at the Lord and Lady of the Frost, who were looking very normal again. These are our friends, Jasmine said, being perfectly polite, though there was an edge to her voice. I'm sure you'll love to meet them. The kids began to reach the top of the hill. We bought your sledges too, Sam said, looking red-faced. The Fentons ran to take their sledges from the bigger kids who had tugged them up the hill. Thanks, Joel said, grinning. Sam was looking at the Lord and Lady of the Frost, uncertainly. Er, uh, would you like to have a turn? He couldn't have spoken more politely. A wildness flashed in the adult's eyes and 
they accepted and the kids began to line up along the top of the hill, some of them sharing so that the adults could have a sledge each. Sam Thornton counted down and then everyone was flying over the snow, shouting and clutching and swerving to avoid each other. Ella and Tom were sharing and both of them had been watching the adults instead of where they were going. They saw the Lord and Lady of the Frost gliding over the snow as though they were flying, going very much faster than the kids around them and in perfectly straight lines. And then Ella and Tom crashed into a snowdrift. The others dug them out and they all marvelled at the Lord and Lady of the Frost's magnificent sledging. And then Ella remembered that they needed to get bread before lunch. And they said goodbye to the other children and, politely telling the Lord and Lady of the Frost even more about the village, they walked towards the village shop. They went inside and as they did so, Jasmine felt her heart drop. She had just remembered that there was something strange going on with Mr Brinton. She raced ahead of the others and grabbed some bread, wanting to get them all out of there as soon as possible. But she was too late. Oh, hello. Thought you'd visit the village in the middle of the worst weather for 50 years, did you? Mr Brinton was talking to the Lord and Lady of the Frost and he was not being friendly at all. What on earth brought you here? The Lord and Lady of the Frost were positively beaming with triumph. They stepped towards the counter. Jasmine burst in ahead of them and put the bread on the counter, shoving some change on there too, but she couldn't stop it. We thought villagers were meant to be filled with joy and neighbourly spirit. The Lord of the Frost looked hungry as he grinned down at Mr Brinton, who scowled. It's not a show, it's a place, and it's the same as any other, I dare say. If you're not buying anything, please can you leave me alone? There's your change, Jasmine. The Lord and Lady of the Frost began to lift their hands. Mr Brinton wasn't looking, but the kids watched open-mouthed as ice began to form at the ends of their fingers. They only needed one person to be cold to them, they had said. It was done. There was nothing they could do. But, oh, hello, dears. Hello, Mr Brinton. Mrs Mondoli was walking very, very slowly into the middle of the scene, beaming around at everyone. And hello to you, whoever you are. Mr Brinton looked up at her and as he did, his face softened. She looked up and beamed at him. Now... How about some of that lovely hot chocolate you made for me yesterday? And maybe for all our guests too. We want to give them a proper village welcome, don't we? And she looked up at him with that beady look until he dropped his head. Of course, of course. Joel, there's some chairs around the corner. 
Why don't you bring some around? Who's for hot chocolate? He even looked slightly ashamed of himself when he looked up at them all. The Lord and Lady of the Frost looked positively furious and Ella realised she would have to answer for them. That would be so lovely. Thank you very much, Mr Brinton. The law, I mean, Matt and Carrie's car broke down. They were coming to have a look and see if they want to move here. Joel and Jasmine got out the chairs and put them out for Mrs Mondoli first and then the others, then sat down and stared and grinned at the Lord and Lady of the Frost, who for the first time were looking rather uncomfortable. Meanwhile, Mrs Mondoli was keeping up a long monologue of chatter about the weather and the neighbours and the birds in her garden. Mr Brinton brought out hot chocolates and they were wonderful. Tom was pleased to see that the Lord and Lady of the Frost winced as they tasted theirs. He was sure that it was because it was so warm and lovely and comforting and welcome. Mr Brinton was really cheering up now. He joined in the chatter, telling the newcomers all about the history of the village. The Fentons didn't have to say anything, and they were all internally very, very grateful that Mrs Mondoli had turned up when she did. Looking at their faces, Ella was pretty sure that the so-called Matt and Carrie weren't taking in a word of what Mrs Mondoli was saying. That is, until she, having finished her hot chocolate, leant forward and spoke firmly. Now, dears, it has been delightful to meet you, but I'm sure you must be desperate to check on that car of yours. If I'm not mistaken, it will have been repaired by now. You wouldn't want to get stuck here, would you? She beamed at them and then to the Fenton's great surprise they stood and saying thank you left hurriedly. Mr Brinton took the mugs into the back and the Fenton's all stared at Mrs Mondoli. How did you do that? All of it? Joel said with something like awe. Mrs Mondoli smiled at them Oh, I noticed that Mr Brinton had turned rather cold a few days ago. He didn't put his teapot outside his door, you see, and the cold got into him then. I've been softening him up a bit, but when I saw you all walking this way, I, I thought you might need some help. But you just told them to go, Jasmine said, amazed. Mrs Mondoli smiled. Isn't it marvellous that it worked? I think they knew the battle was lost. But now her face went serious again. The battle is over, but not the war. We're entering the last stages now. The worst ones. You've got to be very careful, all of you. Then... Mr Brinton came back into the room and Mrs Mondoli seemed to leave it in that she became the confused little old lady that she often was. 
the Fentons walked her home, then went back to their home for lunch. They spent a wonderful afternoon sledging, for the first time really enjoying the snow without some great mission distracting them. But as the sky grew dark and they went home and watched all the light disappear outside, all of them remembered Mrs Mondoli's words. The worst parts were still to come. The kids begged to be able to all sleep in Ella's room that night and the parents agreed. Tucked together in a profusion of mattresses, duvets and blankets, the Fenton kids held hands until they finally fell asleep. The sixth day of the frost was over. The end. Thanks for listening. Which do you think has been the Fenton's trickiest challenge so far? Don't forget, we've got loads of brilliant series all available from George's time-travelling adventures in the Night Castle to Theo the Monster Hunter, looking after a whole forest full of monsters and their problems. Which is your favourite series? (laughs) 